0: com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Redeemer sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. No, this is not the NBA on NBC, but we uh, we were talking amongst ourselves, and this was pretty awesome. So we decided to roll with it um, because we can do things like that. Um, but anyway, we are. Uh, it is, I guess, what is it? Uh, Tuesday, March the eighth. Uh, the ACC tournament is upon us. As we come to you live from the place where Franklin State's in the West End of Richmond, we're going to talk about Virginia's win over Louisville, Senior Night, Malcolm Brogdon uh, jersey retirements, and then we'll obviously pre- preview a little bit of the ACC tournament. Some of which I guess has already kind of tr- started. Uh, what was it? Turned up and uh, turned on t- tur- Tuesday? Was that it? Turned Tuesday? Was that the the thing on Twitter today about uh, the Tuesday at the Tuesday in DC or whatever? But we'll 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 get into some of the ACC tournament stuff. Let's go around and introduce everybody. Out in uh, Waynesboro, um, signed a you signed the thing for the new house today, right?
1: Uh, our offer was accepted. We just got to go through that,
0: oh, that home inspection time. stuff. Okay, yeah. well, day. in the it's a, it's still a good day for David Spence. Welcome back to the podcast, sir.
1: Hey, good to be here. Who days on Twitter? I uh, had Who days on Twitter. Sorry, Who days on the
0: board. And uh, staff writer Justin Ferber also on the show. Consequently, not new to Cavs Corner nor to the program. Justin, welcome back.
2: Thank you. And if
0: Young Metro don't trust you, <laughs> <laughs> nobody.
2: Uh, we're not getting into that. What
0: what that is? If you know what that is, that's great. That was one of the best signs I saw uh, in what little bit I did actually physically see of Carolina Duke. Um, what's your what's your Twitter handle, buddy? Let's drop here. It's
2: <laughs> it's at Justin <laughs> underscore Furber Cavs
0: Corner also on Twitter Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for in game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Okay, um, let's dig into Saturday in. In the pantheon of things that you expected to happen, where did Mike Toby having 15 and 20 rank? Like, was it just below, like, uh, like, Tony just being like, you know what, they can't fire me, and throwing Mama Jiquite into the game? Like, where, whereabouts did it rank for you guys? Because to me, like, I think I expected Toby to play a little bit, because it was going to be senior day, um... I just didn't think like with the physicality that Louisville plays with that, that he would be able to kind of get any traction, but holy crap was I wrong. Um, that kid was, I mean, he was good. He was really, really good, uh, but you guys had to have been as, as floored by that as I was, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, first of all, given, given Toby's you know inconsistency over his career, and especially this year, um, which is one thing, but just if you told me anyone got twenty rebounds in a Virginia game, I'd be sh- shocked. Just because the number of shots that go up, um, there's not that many. I, I don't know what the percentage is available rebounds he got, but it was a huge chunk. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I would. I'd be surprised if Travis Watson got twenty rebounds in a game we're playing against Louisville.
0: Well, the one thing was is that they were missing. <laughs> they were missing a lot of shots. What do you have? Eleven at the at the half. Um, you know, they were they were. I mean, all over the place. Um, you know, it's funny watching them pregame. I I, I really didn't think that they looked uh, that they looked rattled or they looked impacted by the moment. I mean, I thought they looked comfortable um, watching them shooting around. It's it's amazing sometimes though what your eyes can. I, I think I might have been looking for that. You know what I'm saying? Like I kind of I think maybe I was looking for them to maybe I was like, oh well, you know. The emotional aspect of this whole game is like something that everybody keeps talking about. So clearly, it's not going to be a thing. And, and ultimately, I think it was. It just didn't manifest itself in the way we expected. You know, they they weren't visibly rattled, but I think I think internally they just weren't right, um, which is unfortunate for what was their last game of the season, the last game for Damian Lee and Trey Lewis. But I thought Virginia just played really, really well um, offensively. They got a little wonky, um, maybe after they got the double digit lead early. But I thought, man, they defensively they were really really good, and watching them, you know, it, 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 especially because you knew Carolina had won, so the the number one seed was out of the out of the equation. Um, I, I just thought that they really put out, um, they put out there what I think is is a is a March effort. You know what I'm saying? Like it it was, especially when you combine it with what happened in fake Clemson. Um, you know, they were gritty. They were. They were they were not, you know, in any way, shape, or form. Kind of, um, they were the 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 as as Roy Williams said, they were the actors. I mean, they were not reacting. They were the ones kind of taking it to them. Um, yeah, for the record,
1: there were sixty six available rebounds in that game. Mike Toby got twenty. That's crazy. I don't
0: <laughs> Is that good? I think that's good. <laughs> that's good. What about you, Ferber? Were you surprised to see Tobes out there dominating, basically?
2: yeah i think surprise is an understatement i mean (laughs) i'm mystified by it
0: was that in the preview i don't think that made the preview (laughs) no it did not
2: but for a stretch during the game i was like oh wow he just we were like we weren't even talking about his points it was just the rebounds we were like oh wow he's got four points but he's got like 13 rebounds that's interesting and then we were like oh maybe he'll get to 10 and he'll get a double double he ended up with like 15 and 20 like that's just insane. that's just crazy.
0: And what I think is interesting about it is, all right. So this whole thing goes. Or I think we can all agree that this thing goes one of two ways. Uh, Thursday night, right? They're gonna Toby. I don't think he'll start, but he'll get in the game. He'll get a touch and he'll shoot. If he makes that one, he's liable to go for like fifteen and, and twelve, right? If he misses it and he misses the second one, we're never gonna hear from him again, because like <laughs> he's been. I, I think the, the Pete, I mean, like, we're, I don't know. If he if he ends up doing this like routinely, we're going to turn the story about him going to lunch with Tony into like the second coming of Joe going to Tony's house that night. But like, you know, he does, he did, I, I, while watching the replay, you could, that, it was visibly different. Like, he still did the whole thing where he does something wrong and then does a the little quick clap. You know, a little, ah. Yeah.
2: You know? his, his final one of those is JPJ. Jay-
0: <laughs> yeah. Justin and I get a real kick out of that. Um, he still does that, but he wasn't. He wasn't hesitant. He didn't. He did not let the thing come to him. He he went to it. I mean, I I and like he showed more toughness in that game than I think I've seen of him combined. I just I, I really wonder because if you think back, remember earlier in the season like beat the crap out of like Notre Dame. Was it Notre Dame that beat the crowd out? And like I remember, I remember writing a column like a weekend wrap, and it was like. Maybe this is the ceiling. This is how good they can be. And then they literally, like, fell off the cliff.
2: Yeah, they lost to the Tech in the next game. You know?
0: And I was like, oh, well, this is how bad they can be. Man, if Toby's giving you that off the bench, I mean, starting off the bench, it doesn't matter. But if he gives you that and he's able to stay on the floor, like, he, that changes a lot for them. Um,
1: I'll go on the record. If Toby gives us 15 and 20 a game, we're here out. We're cutting down some nets.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, 15 <laughs> and 20, yeah. But I'm saying, like, even if he gives them, like, like 12 yeah. and 8,
1: yeah, Shoot, yeah, man
0: You know, like, I mean, like, this team does not need that much support
1: Yeah, uh, going back to the whole surprise thing I mean, he did airball the first shot Which I think, you know, kind of goes to that point It's, you know, he airballed the first one Then he did that,
0: which yeah, is even more Untoby-ish Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like It was like it didn't even bother him So, like, maybe I'm wrong Maybe Thursday night he misses the first two And then he makes the next six in a row And he, and he rebounds well um, You know, I, I guess it'll kind of depend on the matchup, right? If it's Clemson or if it's Georgia Tech Yeah um, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. I, I just think that it's funny to me that in, on senior night when you when you were, when you were going to see NJPJ, essentially what was what we all knew was going to be the ACC Player of the Year, um, <laughs> and Anthony Gill too. We were all kind of like fo- so focused on Toby. Um, although Evan Nolte hit those two early threes, that place got loud, man. When he hit that second three, that place bumped. Um, I I think that was one of my until until Malcolm won ACC Player of the Year, Defense Player of the Year. That was like the the most retweeted tweet from the Cat's corner account, I think, ever. Um,
2: that was the loudest I've ever heard JPJ in one game.
0: It was it was crazy. I mean, I mean there's been, like, crazy.
2: loud moments, but there was, like, more than two or three yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, I thought I was, like – I mean, it was loud against North Carolina. And, and there were some other games in the past where it's been – like, the Syracuse game was loud. Um, but – this game was the... There were two times during the game where I was like, this is the loudest I've ever heard this place. There were, that one... Cade Curvin's three at the yeah. end was oh my the... my God. The I was Kervin like, that's the loudest I've right, ever heard. All right, let's
0: talk about the Kate Curvin three real quick before we get into into some more Malcolm discussion. Okay. So, I'm watching the replay the other day. Right? Was it Sunday? I was watching the replay. And, like, the best part about the moment, it, other than just Cade having it, and he just... Like, there was no hesitation. He caught. He turned. He He's... You know, it was there. But, like... The other seniors had just come off the floor, and they're still in the in the like everybody on the bench is standing up. I mean, they're they're half of the guys are like kind of like one foot like a half on the floor.
2: And he was immediately that, after they yeah left the court.
0: he was in the he was in that corner right there at the bench, and all these guys they're still dapping people up and hugging, and Ron Sanchez is like in the middle, I think, of hugging somebody, and like the whole bench like realizes K caught the ball, and like I, f- I think it was um was it Thompson I and mean, somebody put their arms out like whole crap. And everybody turned, right? Nobody moved. They just all turned. And then, like, he made it in, like, euphoria, right? That all – I mean, like, it was the craziest thing because, like, the kids were still in the process. They hadn't even gotten to the seat yet. And, he, and like, he'd been in the game for, like, what, eight seconds less and, and buried the three and the place, just went bananas. I mean, I, I almost wrote this in the column. I just thought it was a little bit too um, – I don't know, a little too cheesy. But it really – that whole game was like a love note. To 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 JPJ and to Cavalier fans. It really was. Everything about that game. I think Dave put something on Twitter that that night it was like, your stress level was like a two of ten. Maybe. Like there was <laughs> no stress, like from the minute it was it was just it was gonna be a good time. How many how many that, times that, that game was never in doubt? No, it was never in doubt. And then you got to hit all the good moments. It was like it was like it was like being reunited with an old friend. You know, you had yeah N- Nolte making threes. You had Toby pulling boards, and then he had the r- crazy circus shot. Then you had Malcolm kind of coming on strong. Uh, it just kind of hit all the right notes. Uh, Virginia pulverizing somebody defensively. Um, you know, having lots of fun moments to go crazy about. Having a chance to have a curtain call for the seniors, and then the. You know the walk-on kid gets his gets his opportunity, and buries a three, and the place goes nuts. Um, I, I just I don't know, man. Like it was just I, like I said, I think it was a it was a true love note uh, for Cavalier fans and, and JPJ from a class that brought a lot of success. The most notable of which was was Malcolm Brogdon, who within less than 24 hours later wins ACC Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, first player to ever do it. It seemed like to me like Virginia fans were like almost shocked, and I'm like we. Were y'all watching the games? Like, because it was pretty clear he was the dude. Um, were you guys shocked to see? Maybe maybe it was the margin of victory that was shocking to you. What do you think?
1: I don't know if there was shock. I mean, we're just Virginia fans. we you know, true or not, we expect to kind of get get to Carolina mafia, you know, Carolina media mafia whatever you want to call it, um, to surprise me. But no, I mean, I think when if you're other than Seth Davis, I think everyone in the in the world understood how he was going to win it.
0: What about you, Ferber? Were you surprised? I mean, we, I mean, you and I talked about it. We knew it was going to happen, but like, were you surprised by the margin?
2: No, not really. Um, I figured it would be pretty – I didn't think he'd win unanimously or anything, but it was pretty much what I expected. Uh, the odd thing was there was, a couple, there was like a report an hour before that he was sharing yeah. it with Bryce Johnson, and yes. I was like, I'm not going to call the person
0: out. No, I'll like, call him out. Adam Zagoria put that shit out there, <laughs> and I'll say it. I'll say it like that because, listen, you – I don't things, know where he got it from, I was can, like, how? But that's the thing. You can, there are things you can be wrong about, right? You, there are two things you can't be wrong about. You can't be wrong about awards that are going to come out with votes, like numbers, and you can't, be, you can't be wrong when people are dead, okay? You can't say somebody's dead when they're not, and you can't say somebody won an award when the numbers are going to come out later. Like, I don't know where he got the information. I, I feel for the guy because it's somebody who – You know, has to trust sources sometimes, too. Like, I get it. But, man, like, God, to go out there and say not just that it was – not just that the guy who was going to win it didn't win it, but that he was tied with somebody else. And then to see the numbers, and it, like, wasn't even remotely close to a tie. Like, that's the part that was just rough, man. And, like, I mean, I feel – like I said, I feel for the guy. Um, I I didn't – I don't follow him on Twitter, so I'm not sure, like, if he put out a retraction later. Did anybody see anything from him? Did he ever mention it or – or anything like that, or do you just kind of you know, pretend like it didn't happen?
2: I have no idea, honestly. All right, well, I'll look that yeah. up as we
0: continue to talk. All right, I think we are all in agreement that uh, the number 15 should hang um, from, from the rafters. Is there anybody among us that doesn't believe that? No. Next question. No,
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, nah, I, think it's, no. I think that's a done deal. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know that it's a done deal, but I think it should be. I mean, I the,
1: still can't figure out the whole jerseys versus numbers thing. I mean, I guess jerseys, uh, basically, you know, you can still wear the number, but
0: like, I think the way it looks at, yeah, exactly. So like, you 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 retire a a jersey to honor someone who did really big things, but maybe wasn't necessarily like in that upper upper echelon. Um, you retire a number because that that dude just did it, did some crazy stuff. And he is at that top. I mean, Malcolm is not going to be, you know, the leading scorer or anything like that. But when you look at his pound for pound, you know, awards and recognitions, you're talking three time All ACC, two time All ACC defense, right? Uh, Coach's Defensive Player of the Year last year. He was an All American last year, right? He's going to be an All American this year. First team All ACC this year, first team defensive player of the year, ACC player of the year, first player to ever do that. I I mean, he's gonna, you know, hell, he could win the. I mean, there are lots of awards out there right now. He could actually win. I mean, this is not this is not a conversation. You know, I, I don't know where he ranks in terms of the greatest players ever. I I might put him. I Don't know that seems like a conversation for another podcast one day, but <laughs> say but that for the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. But he is in the discussion, and I think any guy who's in the discussion deserves to have his, have his number up there. Um, also, there's also the piece, I think, because of who he was at this school, you know, like he was the quintessential student athlete. Um, he, he lived on the range for God's sakes. You know, like if if you if you win all ACC Player of the Year and while you live on the range at UVA, there should be like an automatic kick in. You know, like at Carolina, like if you what is it if you if you are an All American or you win like or whatever, you're, it's automatic. You know, your jersey gets retired. Like if you live on the range or the lawn and you win ACC Player of the Year, it should just be automatic. Like there should just like everybody should know the second the information comes out. But I want to go back to I want to go back to the the margin and I tried to explain this a little bit on the board and I don't know if I did a good enough job, but. Like when he did what he did against the three Carol uh, the three triangle teams, I mean you could have that thing was done. Like that thing was locked up. You had people in the in the triangle running stories in papers and or, or talking about it, stuff about this kid. And literally, what's the Virginia readership in I don't know in Charlotte? You know what's the what's the readership in Raleigh? I don't know. Like wh- who, about the number of UVA fans and like. You know Powell, Adamer, and different Carolina media folks talking about. You know he's the best two-way player in the league, and I mean, I just I knew just from watching that and just like kind of feeling the the vibes of that noise that yeah this was this was going to get done. I I did think it was kind of interesting for Virginia fans to to kind of be like oh my god really, because Dave's right. I mean like there how many times when it comes to like these kinds of awards Virginia fans kind of get kicked in the teeth. Um, this was not going to be one of those times, but. Um, you know, I, I guess we'll have to we'll have to see where what else kinda comes in. Um but yeah, for me I you know raise, raise the raise the the kids jersey. I don't think there's any doubt. And just considering
2: how rare player of the year has been for this school in the conference, I mean I think that right there is kind of caps it.
0: Yeah, that's a good that's that's a that's a good point. That's a good point.
2: I mean it's not like that that that's something that like, you know, Joe Harris or Mike Scott or like other people that came before him did. So
1: yeah yeah i mean like he led a he led a team that, for the better part of his you know the last three years where he played consecutively here the only game they played without a a chance or as as champions was the last game he played at j p j that's kind of hard to beat, you know well, I guess London could technically beat it next year, but <laughs> as of now that's that's pretty tough um and, and coupled with the fact that where Virginia was as a program prior to, to Tony coming here and, and Malcolm being a huge part of that turnaround, you know, dating back to, yeah, you, know, you know, five years with the program, and and you know, you, you put the put what he does off the court, um, he, he's kind of if you want to sum up what Tony Bennett preaches, he he is it. I mean, he's he's the pillars, he's the production, he's a two way player, and he's, he's not a me guy, um, you know honestly if the, the reason he doesn't get more hype is cuz you know he's, he's not a fun interview i, I can see you know, he's not going to say anything that that makes the news so, and that's kind of what it is about now he's uh, the reason like I, although I, I had a little bit of you know, a little bit of concern about him winning the media vote i had no doubt he was going to win the coaches play player of the year cuz i mean you watch and this well, i guess it's kind of a slight of Bryce Johnson but every game he's he's have he has a moment when he, he's either, you know, it's look at me or, you know, woe is me. Have you ever said – I can't think of even anything remotely. We, we criticize Brogdon for yawning, for God's sakes. So I mean, that that's the extent of the criticism he gets. So I, I don't know how he, his number – you know, not his jersey, but his number can't be retired. Um, I, I think it'll be – if it's not retired, it's going to be because Malcolm doesn't let him do it.
0: <laughs> well, <Man>. that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the truth. Um, you know, it's funny. We – you know, I think of those of us who who uh, were I don't know uh, I don't want to say like fighting with, but but like there were some people on the board who were like, why is he yawning? He's not the leader we need. Uh, he's not the spark. Everybody talked about Justin Anderson this and Justin Anderson that. And he's not Justin Anderson. It, it's funny to me. It's funny to me that so many people. We're there. You know, we're in that, we're in that headspace at one point. And, and I think one of those things, I think what that goes to show you is that um, when, when things aren't going well, people get crazy. And they, they, they attach things to, to meaning that just aren't there. Now, was Malcolm at times forcing things and, and trying a little too hard before he hit the, his stride? Absolutely he was. And I think he probably admitted that. Um, but the idea that, like, he wasn't the leader uh, that, that, I mean, like you said, he, he embodied everything Tony Bennett wanted from his program. Um, and I and I do think that the, one of the one of the reasons Virginia got good, so to speak, this season was because Malcolm figured out, oh, oh, this is where I need to be. You know, like he, he he suddenly had a great feel for like when to when to be aggressive and when to when to kind of be a little bit more passive. And and I think that the other guys kind of thrived in that because they they needed him to be exactly in the lane he's in. Um, you know, he might not do it the way Justin Anderson did it. But he does it at his, He does what he does better than anybody else. And I think that his, – his, his craftiness in his game, both offensively and defensively. Like, I saw – I forget what the guy's name – but on Twitter making a great argument yesterday afternoon about, like, why you can't look at defensive stats to pick out the, to pick out the defensive player of the year. And he's like, you might look at steals and, and blocks and everything, but, like, realistically, playing defense is one of those things that just doesn't show up in the stat sheet. And like if you watch Brogdon or Tanya and like you see it like, oh, that's why um, Brogdon just did, just did so much so well and, and like so consistently at, at such a high level um, that it it really is kind of staggering if you think about it. Um, but like I said for for I know for a lot of people, you know the fact that he's not more you know outwardly emotional um, bugged them at first because they weren't sure how to deal with it because it's not it's not how you think of. Your alpha leader to be you want your alpha leader to be in everybody's face and you know and that's not to say that Malcolm doesn't do it in his own way, um, but he's just not he's not gonna he is going to be that guy who yawns like that's just his that's who he is like I mean I yawn a lot doesn't mean I'm any less intense I'm like the most intense person I know um, I just feel like for a lot of people, it took them a while to understand him and th- but I think they they got there they i think they enjoyed the Ride that's been, and I'm just hopeful that, um, you know, as they go forward, that people will really appreciate him, and that's one of the things I I think most about the the whole jersey hanging. Like he needs to be an example for people of like this is how you do it, you know. Like he came in, he came into this into the whole uh, he came to UVA after you know thinking about going to Harvard. Um, he dealt with some serious adversity with his foot, had moments I think where he didn't think he'd play again and he ends up winning ACC Player of the Year. I mean, that's nuts.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think when we look at, you know, we talk about Akil Mitchell a lot in in kind of the defensive force he was, able to guard three spots and and make us so versatile. But, you know, that's kind of what we focus on with him we talk about him because, you know, he didn't, until this last season, you know, his offensive game was was kind of a, you know, a put-back game. Um, But Malcolm, Malcolm was that guy from, you know, Maybe maybe the one, but you know, guarding the two, three, and it at times the four. But because of what he did on the offensive side, I don't think we appreciate how good he was on defense, um, and the fact that he puts—I'm like, not saying the kill didn't put effort in, but Malcolm was the focus of the offense, and he still put that effort in on defense. Um, and I think that's something maybe we don't appreciate now. That when we look back a couple of years from now, we'll be like, whoa, that—that's pretty ridiculous because it, it's going to be hard to find. If anyone finds him, it'll be Bennett. But you know, if to find a guy willing to be that unselfish while well, that good, you know, you know this is turning into the Malcolm Brogdon coordination
0: podcast. Just, the kid just won ACC Player of the Year and Defensive yeah. Player of the Year. If you're, if you're not going to talk about him on, on a on a com podcast, I don't, I don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. like what are we doing?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Well, sometimes the shot's flat. Okay, he's got problems. So no, but
0: you know, okay, that's another <laughs> thing too. Remember, remember, it wasn't that long ago. That we were all, like, every time he shot, there was, like, a referendum. It was, like, the closest thing I've ever seen to LeBron in the sense that, like, everything LeBron does is, like, a referendum on everything, you know? Like, uh, like it could be, like, a random game in February, and they're like, oh, he doesn't have the clutch gene, you know? Or, you know, oh, he he's not, he's, not, he's not shooting well at the free throw line. Clearly, he's, not, he, he's, he, he's in his head too much. Like, every Brogdon three-pointer, like, I feel like myself included probably, we all looked at him like, uh-oh, his shot's flat. You know he's he's gone away from you know the the form in the you know the changes in the <laughs> summer, you know, and then he goes out. Was he like top five three point shooter in the league? when not that the London led it? But I think I think Brogdon was like fifth. Um, uh, I haven't checked. When you look at, I mean, for his contributions considering Virginia's pace of play, it's really absurd. Um, it's a, it's just absurd, and I, I'm glad to see the kid getting the getting the uh, the awards and and um, and recognition he he richly deserves. Um. Let's talk ACC German, because that thing's like happening. Um, so Virginia has to wait until Thursday night to play the winner of Georgia Tech and Clemson. Who's a better matchup if you're UVA and why? Ferber, we'll start with you. Oh,
2: man. Um, uh, I think it's kind of a draw, but probably Clemson's a better matchup, I think, because I think Georgia Tech has more opportunity to hit outside shots um they have a bunch of guys that can get hot from out there but and and I think they're kind of trending a little bit upwards whereas um I think Clemson's kind of middling right now I mean they played pretty well against UVA but that was at home other than that I mean they beat Boston College but (laughs) who didn't um and and other than that I mean they were kind of spiraling to end the season so it kind of a draw. Normally, obviously, I think you'd want to play the ten seed, but this game, I don't think it really matters much. Um, I think you're going to get uh, two different styles of play from the two teams, but I think Clemson might play more into UVA's strengths.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, and I, I actually think I would totally agree with you. Georgia Tech has an element to their their offense that Clemson doesn't have. Well, except for the fact that Jerome Blossom game can go full Blossom game on you. Um, but he's one dude. Georgia Tech has Adam Smith and Marcus Georges Hunt, and if Quentin Stevens decides to show up, who knows? Um, and then I think, you know, it depends. I mean, look, the Virginia team that lost to them in Atlanta is not the Virginia team that they that they would potentially face on Thursday, on Thursday night, right? But at the same time, like, you know, I don't want Adam Smith in a microwave. Like, no, sir. Like, I, yeah, I, I think for Virginia, you're probably pulling for Clemson – and yet, at the same time, Clemson is probably the one team that can is, is completely fine playing your pa- playing your style of play, playing in your pace. Um, you know, I think that that's that's one of those things that that Virginia fans um, maybe don't appreciate as much. You know, um, in terms of the fact that like some teams want to want to do this, want to do that. Virginia takes them out of it, and they're completely discombobulated. Clemson's completely cool, being exactly where you want them to be. Um, they kind of thrive in it. So, to me, I, I would say. Um, you know, I would say that there are some some pros and cons either way, but I probably would take Clemson just because, like like Ferver said, you no know, Adam Smith on that team. What about you, Dave? Who do you, who, who do you want UVA to play?
1: Um, I mean, I, I would probably say Clemson as well. Um, some of the same reasons. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think Clemson. You know, Clemson tends to play a more physical style. You know, I, while Georgia Tech, you know, if Georgia Tech wins, it's probably because they spread Clemson out and hit a lot of threes. Uh, I like the fact that we'd be playing Clemson on, you know, a one night turnaround. Um, and with the way they play they're you know, I like us to kind of wear them down in the course of a game on the second night while Georgia Tech scares me because if they beat Clemson, they're probably hot from three and that can carry over for a night. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, I think there's reasons we could beat both reasons, both could beat us, but it, uh, same with you guys. I mean, I, I like Clemson just because I think we can wear them out.
0: Well, you know, I also let me let me let me counterpoint my own point. What's the old adage about? It's always hard to beat a team. Like, you know, whether it's two times, three times, where you know, whatever that thing is. At least with Georgia Tech, you're playing a team that you haven't played in a while, but hasn't hasn't prepared for you in a while. You know, if you play Clemson that close together, I mean, Clemson gave them a hell of an effort in fake Clemson the other night. Um, you know, I, that would be that would be an interesting rematch, probably for. For Virginia, trying you know trying to lock up a number one seed, you want to play Georgia Tech, um, but I, I think there are some 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 pros and cons either way. All right, if we're looking at the bracket, is it safe to say that Virginia kind of has um, I don't say an easy easy path, but easier than the other top four seeds? What do you guys? Think? I think
1: so. I think so. I mean, as much as I wanted to win the regular season and get the one seed, um, not only for selfish reasons of being easier to watch at night, but you know, I kind of like falling into the two for, for the matchups. Um, I mean, I think avoiding Duke as long as you can is a good thing just because of, you know, yeah, it's they got, Duke.
0: They got more Brandon Ingrams <laughs> than everybody else. Yeah. That's true.
2: Yeah, I think UVA has the easiest path to the final. Right. Well, um, then
0: there's the, there's the time aspect to it, right? Like, Virginia plays at seven on Thursday, right? The If they win, their semifinal would be at nine. But, like, if you're the one seed, you got to play at 12, and then you got to come back the next day and play at 7. and then So, like, your body clock is all off. And, like, coaches will tell you, like, routine is, like, the biggest thing that they want um, for their players, especially in a situation like this. I almost feel like Virginia has the better draw as a two than Carolina has as a one. Duke is in the – it doesn't matter if it's Duke or Notre Dame. I mean, unless, you know, what, NC State's going to – Maverick Rowan's going to stay hot and beat. they're going to beat Duke tomorrow afternoon, and then, you know, Notre Dame gets throttled by them. Like, they're either going to play Duke or Notre Dame in the semifinals. But that's probably after they have to go through either Pitt or Syracuse, which, you know, not necessarily consistent this season, but both of them not terrible. You know, Virginia gets either Georgia Tech or Clemson. Georgia Tech has been kind of rough in in spots, right? So if it is Georgia Tech, that's, you know, that's a a winnable game. And then you either get Miami or, at this point, Florida State or Virginia Tech. Like, the bottom half of this bracket is where you want to be. Um, not to mention just playing the, the better times. I think Virginia definitely has a better draw here.
1: Yeah, give me Pitt and NC State coming out of that top semifinal. <laughs> oh? <laughs> I don't know. Nah, but I'd
2: rather play Clemson or Georgia Tech than Pitt or Syracuse, quite yeah, honestly. Yeah, me too, me too. Those teams just have more talent. Um, yeah, I mean,
1: I mean, it's hard to believe that, you know, I, mean, I guess – I have a hard time believing anyone would put – if they had to put money on anyone in the ACC, they wouldn't – I, mean, I think Virginia's got to be the favorite going in just when you look at the last few champions They've all been teams with senior leaders. Um, I know North Carolina's got a couple Um, but you know even UVA's the year we gonna, won,
2: but I think UVA is gonna have a pretty significant home court advantage too.
1: Yeah, that's true It's yeah, I like to break. I think anytime you don't have to play Duke UNC Notre Dame until the final that, That's a good That's a good bracket, but you know and it'll be I mean, Miami's a good team too. So it's not like we'll be cakewalking to, to the final by any means. Um, you mean is, it's
2: is Miami going to get past Virginia tech? Well, I, don't okay. I, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's what I was going to say. I don't know if they will.
0: So Greg Burton today on nine fifty asked me if you were one of the top four seeds, what was the one team you want to play? And, he, and I, I picked tech and here's why, like we haven't seen tech at like full strength, um, because Chris Clark is obviously still just getting back into, like, playing shape, basically. But, like, I don't, I, I don't want to play him. Like, I, I mean, I, if, if, I'm, if I'm looking at the, the bracket, right, I would have much rather them have fallen on the top half somehow. Um, because Yeah, I mean,
2: I guess if you get to the semis, if you're UVA, you kind of have to deal with it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, they'd semifinals, be playing, they'd right. they if you're playing their third game in three nights.
0: Third game, yeah, third game in three nights. They would at least have the benefit of playing all their three games at 9 o'clock. So like at least they're in a little bit of a rhythm, but like they're not that deep, and the style they play is somewhat frenetic. So like you would hope that if you if you know if you can you know you play that third you've played on that third day that you have a little bit of a leg up. Um, but at the same time, like man, that's not that's the one team in the bottom half of the bracket. I I, I'm, I just don't want to see. Right. I'd rather, I mean, tough it's would it's rather to Miami you
1: because you, you get that extra layer. Like, do I not want to see them just because uh, I'm worried they're going to beat me, or is it? Be- because I know, unlike like if we lose to Georgia Tech and I don't have, I won't hear about it the next day. <laughs> you just yeah. don't want to deal
2: with the ramifications. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. hard yeah.
1: for me to always compare where the Virginia Tech's the team scares me, but they're they're playing good ball.
2: I mean, but they could also lose to Florida State tomorrow. And absolutely, I be that yeah. And
0: that's what's that's the weird thing about Tech. I mean, seriously, I would think that about Tech if they had Florida State on their jersey. Like it doesn't matter to me. Like the, the Tech aspect <laughs> that is, it is Tech. Like I know we you know, Dave makes a good point. That a lot of Virginia fans would be very upset to lose to them. Twice in a season, um, because well, if
2: UVA loses to them this year, they're going to the final. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's and like, but here's the thing: like, it's not that far fetched to me. Okay, it's really not that far fetched to me for Virginia Tech to beat. All right, to beat uh, Florida State tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow night, and then rematch with Miami. Miami brings a whole lot, you know, and then somehow another Tech's still in it, and then Miami just never puts them away, and they slip. That is not them winning those two games is just completely not out of the question. Who's Miami playing again? Miami gets to buy and either plays either Virginia Tech or.
1: Florida okay, State. sorry, that's right. My fault. My fault. You just said
0: it. Yeah, I was gonna say like, where did you go? Um, <laughs> I just said that. Okay, so if I'm looking at the if I'm looking at it, my my li- I mean, chalk in the in the championship seems the most likely. Um, you know, that Duke Carolina matchup potentially in the semifinals. I mean, personally, as somebody who's going to be there for the 9 o'clock game, I'm all about it. Like, Yeah, <laughs> sign me up for that. Like me and Ferber, if you don't think we're pulling for, for Duke and Carolina to get to the semis.
2: Every year it's like set up to, for them to play, and then they always miss yeah, each other.
0: Some, Yeah, something always happens. Somebody springs a giblet, and it's all over. Yeah, um, like
2: there was one year where Duke was like the two and Carolina was the three or something, and somehow – NC
0: State beat them, right? It yeah, NC State?
2: The, like Carolina lost – to or Duke lost to Maryland – and it was like oh, you know man. craziness
0: the only thing yeah. i'm sad about is that if tech beats florida state that means that they don't play on thursday and one of the things i'm actually kind of looking forward to is listening to the florida state band because there's no band in america that gets that gets it right like florida state does like several years ago when they played the game of thrones theme you could have knocked me over with a feather like <laughs> i i love the florida state band and somehow they always get like 'Cause like wherever our seats are, they're almost always next to us. And literally that's the highlight most of the highlights. I mean, there were lots of there were lots of things that happened in Greensboro that were pretty great. But like Florida State band is pretty awesome and I'm all about that. So I'm really sad. They really they really gotta figure out a way to beat tech tomorrow night just so I can uh, be uh delighted
1: Yeah, um, I was having I was having to talk with someone that's, um today about about this tournament and you know, they were talking about how crazy this year's been, the tournament's gonna be crazy, but I mean, at the same time, you haven't had. There's only been like three teams, four teams, maybe that have shown the ability to win three or four games against good competition in a row. So you almost feel like there's going to be an upset or you know, or two or three. A bunch. Um, but there's probably only two or three teams that that have what it takes to to win to win enough games to you know to win the championship. So
2: I think I what know. it'll end up being is it'll end up being like two good teams and two mid-seeded teams in the final four. Where it's like, wow, there's a bunch of upsets, and like there's two random teams in the final four, and then there's two like good teams, and those two teams will win. Like, but you know, I think at the end of the day, those two teams will like come out on top. But that it's just going to be one of the, I think it's going to be one of those like Butler VCU UConn Duke years or whatever it ended Duke UConn Kentucky or whatever it ended up being final fours. Maybe not yeah. those that big of upsets, but like maybe some like six seeds or something end up in the final four. I was just talking the ACC tournament but you took it to the <laughs> next level.
0: <laughs> you know it's funny is that like somewhere along the way we were saying I'm like I was following Oh following, the ACC like, I don't I don't believe that at all. I
2: think the right. ACC is like five teams have a chance to win the title and that's it.
0: Yeah, the thing the thing about the middle of the ACC to me is Yeah, what so I'll say
1: there there's a few teams like there's been craziness enough where you you might see an upset any game, but there's probably only a few teams that right. have what it takes It'll be to win the will be one of those
0: times where win. like everything kind of clears out by the by the yeah, next I day. Be,
2: I don't think it's going to be a Syracuse Virginia Tech final. No, it's going to be Virginia. God, what would the viewership <laughs> be for a Syracuse
0: Virginia Tech ACC championship game in DC? <sighs> Man, there would be lots of Carolina fans who would take off their Carolina jerseys and put back on their Virginia Tech stuff that they wear during <laughs> football season. God, I just made that joke on the podcast. Man, I'm wheels, getting brave. Wheels within wheels. God, I'm getting brave. Um, all right, let's. All right, so if you had to, if you had to take one team, Virginia, Carolina, who, who, who you got?
2: I'll take UVA.
1: The same. I mean, I think,
0: we'd,
2: uh, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, it's a homework, but, but I mean,
2: I, I, I mean, I could see them losing in the semis if they get matched up with Miami. But I, I kind of feel like I would still like them in that game, and and I feel like North Carolina has more obstacles overall. And then UVA, New, North Carolina on a neutral court.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I take, yeah, I take Virginia in, on a neutral court for real, definitely. Miami is going to be the interesting one because I feel like. I feel like they're a very good team, but I'm not necessarily sure what their ceiling is. You know, yeah. um, I think they honestly,
2: b- my, my thought on Miami, and I think they have the ability to play well in stretches. I'm not buying them at all. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, it's like, think they're out in the first. People forget of the this, tournament. but like
0: they needed Devon Reed to hit like 11 threes to beat Virginia at home. You're, I mean, like they're not that good away from Miami. Yeah, they their they're, resume. Yeah, Who like yeah, you look at them this year; they didn't good. win anything at a, outside of Coral Gables. And I mean again, I've been there. It's a cool place, but like
2: they I looked mean, lost on Saturday. They like did. totally yeah, lost. Yeah, they
0: did. And I mean, listen, you can go, listen. Anybody who like Blacksburg is like one of those places that like it's it's was that was it halfway full? I mean, what was the crowd like? I don't know. But like that's one of those places where it's not like quite like Connie Forum where good teams go to die, but it's it's not it's not far off. You know, you have to be able to bring your energy, and I think that's the thing I don't like about Miami. I said that on the radio today. Like that team has some real some really nice pieces. But when you need Devon Reed to ride to to you know to jump on a horse and come save you, like that's probably not a good sign. And, you know, Sheldon McClellan and Jaquan Newton have been fighting ankle injuries. Um Tanya Jakiri is very good defensively, don't get me wrong, but like this newfound Mike Toby could eat him alive. Um and I can't believe I actually said Mike Toby could eat anyone alive. Um <laughs> but I did. And that kind of made sense. Like I, I don't know. I'm not worried uh, about that, but at the same time, like I, I understand that Devon Reed, you know, hitting a bunch of threes is the thing that actually happened in the world. Um, so it, it, it's it's if you look at it, Carolina has is either going to have to beat Duke or Notre Dame. Virginia's going to have to beat who? Miami or who? You know, like I I, I think yeah. it's fun. It's funny because essentially Virginia is a one seed playing down in a bracket that literally is more catered to a one seed. Because of just the way the thing shook out in terms of the the conference this year, um, did I see something the other day that if Clemson had beaten somebody on February like 18th, that like they moved up like three spots, which kind of shows you like I thought I looked this up the other day when everybody's talking about buzz and coach of the year. Virginia Tech was three possessions from finishing four spots lower. Because they just basically yeah. They, well, they
2: said if they had lost to, to Miami, they would have been the nine seed. Right. So, so it's like, like it a, wasn't even like they would have been the 7th seed. They would have been the nine.
0: Seed. Yeah, that's and that's like the volatility. So it's like the middle of the ACC this year basically ate itself. Um, and yeah. and the, Virginia's
1: the, two sp- sp- possessions away from having to play Duke and Notre Dame to make it to the
0: final, or Duke or Notre. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're right. They're they're one travel call away. You know. That's just nuts
2: when well, if if that game had gone the other way, Duke would be the six seed.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good point. Well now we now we got now we got to get out of our Delorean and stop trying to mess with <laughs> with the past. Um, I think that's a, a good place to put a pin in it we're We're obviously going to have a lot to talk about next week once we see what the uh, ACC tournament results are and we get to look ahead to the NCAA tournament. We'll see if Virginia where Virginia's playing, who's in their pod. I'm sure Ferber will write a, a great preview of of the pod. The pod preview is one of the, my, my favorite things to to write in a headline just because it sounds completely ridiculous. Um, Shout
2: out, Wilson Cavs fan. We read your posts. We answered your questions.
0: We did? Yeah. Dude, I I have not been on the board in like three hours.
1: God, he asked, did you not read the board?
2: Come on. The best part was who Dave likes this. <laughs> <laughs> Who Dave likes
0: anything podcast related? I think he probably liked it the other day. When no, we
2: show. literally answered every question. No, I like the fact
1: that I am off of a podcast. There is finally like some conversation about it. I am like, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, the that's it's all. Yeah, that's right. Let him talk. Dave Dave gets very <laughs> fired
0: up that people don't don't talk don't ask him questions, and now he, somebody asked questions, but he wasn't oh, yeah, on that podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah it really concerns me for like the thirty that, minutes before and during the po- podcast every week.
0: I I like the fact that the dude that dude was like, yeah, Brad, you are always good, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I am, thanks. I'm good at this here radio audio thingamajigamabob.
1: I'm glad to know Aaron's got an account. <laughs> <sighs> right.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good place to put up in it. I um, want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank uh, you guys for being here. And we will uh, obviously catch up with you uh, next week when we have lots more basketball stuff to talk about. Um, I guess at some point we'll have to talk about football um, and all of the goings on there, but I think all of the goings on are like, I don't want to say in the dark, but like, I don't know those folks, those dudes run a really tight ship. Um, so we'll get we'll get back to, to that later in the spring. But um, clearly March Madness and everything, it's it's good to be back. Uh, so for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.